newspaper. It's like a sort of Paris magazine written by people who mostly know each other, trying to impress each other with what they know. And it's paywalled, which means if there's anything interesting in it, I don't link to it, as most people won't be able to read it. However, yesterday, the Times leader was about primary care, its failings, foibles and the future. The starting point, the NHS is emerging from COVID, and as much as the restrictions on access to care protected us, they had the collateral damage that we're all very familiar with. The leader writer then conflates access to GPs with waiting lists for planned care and people waiting for an ambulance, well, neither of which GPs can do much about. The, there follows a, a denunciation of GPs for not, quote, providing essential health checks and confuses them with routine checkups for people with diabetes. Are you with me so far? It's a muddle, isn't it? Much of the NHS, quote, failure is attributed to, quote, the decline in GPs working hours since the pandemic began. The author then meanders off into solutions such as differential pay scales and incentives based on geography and making patients pay more too, as they put it. Oblivious to the fact that GPs are self-employed contractors to the NHS, their whole arrangements are based on incentives, their income on drawings, much like QCs in chambers. The trope, pay to see your GP, left unanswered questions such as how much, what's the cost of collection, audit and accounting, what happens if the patient can't pay, what happens if they won't pay, what's the cost of collecting defaulted payments, and does the Secretary of State want to wake up to an inevitable headline that says, pensioner war hero jailed for failing to pay for GP appointment? You can see it coming. And by the way, aren't we trying to shed bureaucracy? The final paragraph from the editorial says this, The dedication of NHS staff during a historic crisis has been exemplary. It is no reflection on their efforts to point out that Britain's bureaucratic model of healthcare needs reform to meet patients' needs and be financially sustainable. That was it. Should I laugh or cry? Should we expect more from the Times? Expect well-researched, well-argued, well-organised and well not a ramble through the undergrowth of problems and lazy solutions. It seems we can't expect the Times to bother with the drudgery of research, so I've done a bit for them. The WHO point to a safe average of 25 daily appointments per GP. Many of ours are doing about 40. As of February 2022, this year, we had the equivalent of 1,565 fewer qualified full-time GPs compared to 2015. That's, what, seven years ago. Between March 21 and February 22, the NHS has lost, don't ask me, 338 GP partners and 306 salaried and locum GPs. The number of fully qualified GPs decreased by 644 in just over a year. The majority of GPs work a 37 and a half hour week, usually drifting into 40 hours, which is unfortunately defined as part time, full time being over 37.5 hours. Today, each practice has on average 2,222 more patients than in 2015. 
general practice appointment bookings reached record highs over the winter of 21 and the February 22 total of 25.7 million appointments is a million more than the levels in February 2020. About a third of appointments are remote, the rest face-to-face. And, you know, if that isn't enough for you, how about this? Around 90% of first contacts with the NHS are provided by primary care for about 9% of the budget. There are clearly problems. Complexity of reimbursement, shrinking workforce, overwhelming demand. If we want primary care, and I think we do, we have to fix it before next winter withers it on the vine. Quick solutions? Well, I think there might be three things. Centralised back and middle office functions. Practices duplicate HR, training, IT and accounting functions. It's an easy fix. GPs hate the bureaucracy and it will free up money and refocuses what resources we have on service. Move to a digital first model, creating more space and time to spend with people with chronic conditions. A COVID legacy we can develop and is more popular and is it given credit as being? And there's an interesting link, I think, in the letter. And develop pathways to help GPs transition away from the old partnership model. Look at places like Wolverhampton, how they're doing it, and there's a link in the letter. I get the feeling GPs think NHSE is the enemy, NHSE has run out of ideas, and both have to realise primary care is slipping through their fingers. That tells me, stop recalibrate and find some new faces thanks for listening I hope we're talking again soon